Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. gentlemen i'm your host blake rafino this is are you serious sports we hope that you guys are making it a good one we know that we are as well huge show in store for you tonight live lsu basketball reaction as the lsu fighting tiger men's basketball team takes on lipscomb we will be monitoring that uh, it seems to be a pretty favorable matchup for the tigers is why we are going live tonight during the game but we will be monitoring it uh, as well, but a huge uh, uh, onslaught for tonight is we have multiple guests as we're going to be pushing uh, more guests and maybe even going to look doing the show a little bit longer uh, than we normally do starting the new year. So we'll be starting that within the next couple of episodes. But Rafino's rants, we will talk about Brian Kelly in recruiting. Do not count out Brian Kelly. Oh, dear sweet God, Blake. 
Kelly doesn't know what he's doing. Some serious stuff going on in the transfer portal and in recruiting, and Brian Kelly has a plan to get LSU back to their winning ways. We will discuss that. Gator Dave. David Waters from Gators Breakdown joins us at 7.20. Uh, we will talk a little bit more about this roster, bowl game, uh, some more opt-outs and things like that. And then we'll have Chris Gordy joining us from Locked On SEC Podcast. He talked with Miles Brennan yesterday. It was a really, really good interview. We'll touch on him, LSU alum. Be really, really fun uh, to chat with him. As it'll be the first time we've had him uh, on the show. So it'll be really, really, really fun to do uh, to have him on. All right. Lots to get into. Uh, let's get to a couple of these comments before we get started. Everybody do us a favor, though, before we do that. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. If you're on Facebook, hit that like button. Hit that share button. We're greatly appreciated. Hit, uh, share it to some Facebook groups. Uh, share it to your personal pages. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to get that, uh, hit that subscribe button uh, and notification bell. As our YouTube channel is growing leaps and bounds, we greatly appreciate everyone who subscribes to our YouTube channel. If you're listening to us on the podcast uh, platform or Twitter, don't forget to follow and subscribe there as well. Uh, We greatly, uh, greatly appreciate it. Uh, My brother says, my brother, literally, uh, get it, old boy. Uh, Kelly says, let's go, Blake. Let's go, Kelly. Blaine Smith says, Blake, where, where is coaching hires inside info? I know you got sources. Blaine, we've been giving it to you every single day. Uh, Chris English says, Blake, they announced today LSU only has 51 scholarship kids dressed for the bowl game. Interesting, Chris. Very interesting. Who talked about that last night on this show? Huh. It's as if we knew what was coming. Huh. Interesting, right? (laughs) You come here to find things out. Interesting how we talk about that last night and no one's mentioned it, and today LSU comes out with them only having 51 scholarship kids. Something, ain't it? Uh, Lamar Williams says, shout out to the Steppers. The Lemon Pepper Steppers, baby. You already know I got on my Lemon Pepper Steppers. Brian Kelly's about to be stepping off uh, in some recruiting ass. Here in the next couple of days. No pause. No pause. And he also says, trust the process. BK has done this before. That he has. Absolutely uh, that he has. So we will be monitoring the basketball game. We'll be giving some updates. So uh, looking forward to that. There, I think they're a 28-point favorite tonight. <laughs> so we normally don't go live during LSU uh, uh, games like that. But... Uh, since it's a very favorable matchup, we will do it because there's a lot more to get into as we can. You can watch. This is what you can do. You can watch the show on your phone or whatever and watch the basketball game as well. Be fun. But you got to do us a favor by hitting the like and share, though. Everybody share it. Don't be a square. Hit the share. As we are sipping on some new whiskey tonight, it's called Dead Guy Whiskey. Um, Not bad. It's not bad at all. Pretty, pretty favorable. All right. Let's pay some bills uh, around this thing, and then let's get started. None better than our good friends over at GM Varnold Sons in BetOnline.ag. Guys, with 64 years of experience, nobody's better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Varnold Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales, no job is too big or too small over at GM. 
Give them a call today at 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. Or go see them over at 2500 Florida Boulevard in Denham Springs, Louisiana. And our good friends over at betonline.ag. Guys, you got to get over to BetOnline. So many great things you can bet on, especially now that it's legal inside this state to use the mobile betting app, BetOnline. Use your mobile app at the end of the show. Sign up. Use the Believe 50 AYS podcast tab. That way that they know that your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sits you on by. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. All right, let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Let's get this thing rolling, y'all. <laughs> uh, Chris English says, that's why I said it, bro. I, dude, talking about the scholarships. If you missed it today, Texas A&M is not going to be able to play in the Gator Bowl against Wake Forest due to COVID and all this kind of stuff. But how crazy is it that Texas A&M had to have close to 20 players test positive for COVID for them to miss a bowl game and get to 41 scholarship players? LSU doesn't have a COVID outbreak, and they're at 51. Oh, by the way, those same kids that are walk-ons, that we talked about last night are going to have to be granted scholarships so that LSU can play in the bowl game. And you might be asking yourself the question, why would LSU want to play in the bowl game? And why they're going to do everything that they can to play in the bowl game? Because, guys, there's a little thing on the line here for the athletic department that's called money. Texas A&M is going to be missing out on $5 million to not play in the Gator Bowl. Do you think LSU doesn't want $5 million? There are incentives for these bowl games and why the national media and some pundits push out, oh, my God, Damone Clark is going to be a first-round pick, but he's not going to play. Is it because you want to be able to go to the bowl game to collect your check? So what's the issue about Damone Clark opting out and getting ready for the draft so he can collect his check? Very, very, very interesting. Very, very interesting, if you ask me. Nevertheless, all right, we do have some live basketball. Good. We'll, we'll continue to monitor it as the Tigers are already up 8-3. to three. Guys, this is going to be a route. This is going to be a route. I mean, look, I, we, we, we wouldn't be going live if they weren't going to beat the shit out of them. Uh, Holland Everett says, Eli Ricks is a hoe. All right, we can touch on that before we get to some of this recruiting stuff. Um, and why everybody needs to relax on Brian Kelly and recruiting. Um, number one, and I want to make this known about Eli Ricks very quickly. Now, I know he's wearing number seven, and he transferred to Alabama, and, you know, he's kind of doing some things to take shots at LSU. Guys, quite honestly, who gives a damn? You know, like, the kid never really wanted to be here. If we're being dead-ass honest. The kid never really wanted to be here. The only thing that he wanted was to get his and move on to the next level. And I hate to say it like that, but it's just the truth. He threatened to transfer last year when Orgeron was still the head coach. And the only reason that he's leaving now is because Orgeron got fired. Guys, it's a stone-cold lie. You want to talk about culture, and I don't like that word culture, but you want to talk about it, that kid was in your locker room. If he's an issue and he's showing things like he is in public, what do you think happens behind closed doors? Again, I can say this all the live long day. He wants to have number seven. Sounds great. 
You want to go to Alabama? Sounds good. But you better pray to you better pray to sweet God up above that Kayshawn Boutique's not lined up across from him. Because the truth is, and he knows this and everybody knows this, when we were out at practice, Kayshawn Boutique was burning him like a bad thing of toast, a bread inside of a toaster. Toasting him. Half film of Brian Thomas Jr. roasting like a Sandlot marshmallow, Eli Ricks in practice. You you got to do away sometimes with kids that don't want to be here. Now, who do you replace them with? I'm going to say this because last night we talked about LSU and the scholarship numbers and the scholarship limits. We were pretty damn on, right? <laughs> Knew it was coming out from LSU today. That's why we talked about it. We, we prefaced it last night. I'm going to do this again now. And it's going to be lost because it's the holiday season. It's the holiday season. Da, 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 da. Silver bells, Batman smells. <laughs> I can't say the last part because I don't know it. Brian Kelly's about to do something in recruiting that I don't think that you're ready for. I think Brian Kelly's about to do something in recruiting on, line, on the lines of scrimmage that LSU has never seen, especially offensively. There are things that I hear not just with some guys that you may know or may have followed in recruiting, but guys that you don't know and guys that are really good offense and defensive linemen. See, the scary thing about this whole Brian Kelly thing to LSU is this, is Brian Kelly has been very good at recruiting offense and defensive linemen. Actually, really good. So has Brian Polian, the special teams coordinator, who's brought in a lot of good recruits at Notre Dame. What's interesting here is, is when you can combine the lethalness of Brian Kelly recruiting really good offensive linemen with the weapons that Louisiana produces on the outside, don't care, and this isn't a shot at these kids, but don't care about Aaron Anderson, Chaz Preston, and Kendrick Law. Because next season, you got Shelton Sampson. You got Amarian Miller. You got a lot of damn good talent in the state of Louisiana at that position. But now you have big-time offensive linemen in the portal. And Brian Kelly's going to go get them. All-American Miles Frazier. There's other kids out there that they're going to pluck that fits the scheme and style of play that Brian Kelly wants to run. Guys that are going to be NFL talent. So for me sitting back here and everybody freaking out about name, image, and likeness, not having the 25 limit, in early signing period, Texas A&M being number one in the recruiting class. To me, the 247 rivals recruiting rankings, quite honestly, does not move my meter. Nor should it necessarily move yours. Because that recruiting ranking doesn't mean a damn when it comes to what you need for this team. And what for what every team needs for their team to have success. If this were all about recruiting, Georgia would have had the five of the last six national titles. When you you bring a coach in that has a skill set, 
and that a university in a state has something that you've never been able to access when it comes to resources and recruiting inside your state, especially at skill positions. Guys, I want to tell you this. It's very lethal. You might not see the writing on the wall right now. You might not able to see the forest through the trees. You can't see the entire forest through the trees right now because of every all the negative shit that's being pushed out to you about Brian Kelly and LSU. But I will I don't make a lot of promises on this show. Actually, I don't ever make promises on this show. And the small times that I do make promises, you damn sure that they come true. LSU's gonna be able to run the ball on Florida up and down the field. Was blistered that entire week, and then all of a sudden, what happened? I'm going to promise you this. Now, if you'd missed that episode, that whole week, I said LSU was going to run up and down the field because I didn't I didn't like Florida's D-line and, and how they were doing things up front. And they ran all over them. The promise I will make you is this. I, I think this is the calm before the Brian Kelly and LSU storm. I think that not only is this the calm before the Brian Kelly storm and what they're going to be able to do at wide receiver, running back, offensive, defensive line, quarterback, that we need to sit back and realize shit's about to get real here in a minute. And you're going to go through some rough patches. Guys are going to go to the draft. Other guys are going to transfer. But a, 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 a guy that's sitting on the end of the bench that will never play for LSU versus an offense or defensive lineman that's going to play in the NFL in the transfer portal, I'll take it. But you got to get that depth chart. You got to get that depth chart right. Also, if there's guys that are making threats, so to LSU players that I know that listen to the show, let your teammates know this if they don't hear it. If you're going to make idle threats about transferring because you're not getting enough money and LSU and Alabama are offering you the same deal, NIL deals, and you don't want to be here, please leave. Please leave. Go over there and you'll see that that promise, once you have no leverage, isn't going to come to pass. All right. Let's get to a couple comments before we get to Gator Dave. We'll talk a little Billy Napier with him. What does he think about Billy Napier so far? We'll just talk talk around the SEC, too. It's LSU is up 18-5 to five on Lipscomb. This is going to be a route. So, glad that we went live when LSU's laying the smack it down in basketball. There's nothing worse of pushing a show back and, and your basketball team beating the dog manure after, after, out of somebody. You're like, why did I just wait? Uh, Bundy says, the kid out of Cal, do you know anything about him? I know that he, that LSU's pushing for him. And that's another thing that Brian Kelly, and I'm assuming Billy Napier is going to have to do. We'll talk to Gator Dave about it. But they're going to have to hit the portal, guys. They're going to have to hit the portal. And I think just, okay. (laughs) Calm before the storm. Remember this night. You know, you're going to sit back in February and you say, you know, that, that damn Blake Rafino uh, late in December said for me to calm down and not listen to some of the people in the LSU media. And God dang it, was he not right? Trust me. Talk talk to two kids inside the portal who have been to, who have talked to 
uh, LSU. It's going to get interesting. All right, a couple more, then we're going to get to Gator Dave. Uh, Tracy says, hashtag ask Blake, do you think BK will continue the number seven and number 18 tradition? I think that he will. I don't know. I, I, I don't know why he would stop it. There's no reason. Uh, there's no reason for him to stop it. Uh, Carl says, uh, 24-7 recruited rankings are Rudy Poo. <laughs> I really don't care about – I've told you this all the time. I don't care about the rankings if you got to fill needs. You know, like, if you need offensive linemen, you got to go get them. I mean, screw those recruiting rankings. Uh, Brandon Reese says, I know it probably won't happen, but it would be funny if LSU ends up going 11-1 and or something. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Uh, Chase Orson says, get rid of number seven, but keep 18. Yeah. Look, Eli Ricks did something today, y'all, and you better he better pray to he better pray to God that he doesn't go against Kayshawn Booty. That's all I'm gonna say. I'll make the idle threat. Uh Tyler Mann says, You heard anything regarding the linebacker from Notre Dame in the portal? Could he follow BK? Yes and yes. I think that that's where a lot of people think he's going to uh, He's going to go. Esteban says, dude, did you see the offensive tackle 6'6'290 jumping off the ground uh, from his knees? I did. LSU's high after him. Look, there's going to be shakeups, man. The day of LSU being soft in the trenches is no more. I promise you that part. All right, let's get to Gator Dave. I want to talk to him about Billy Napier. Things are going around inside of Florida. Corey Raymond, our old DB's coach, is there. Let's talk to him about CR. Uh, but let's get to this quick break very quickly. None better than our good friends over the Drake Williams Law Firm and our good friend John Patton over at GM FS Mortgage. Guys, if you've been affected by Hurricane Ida, contact the Drake Williams Law Firm today. Is your insurance company giving you the runaround? and not paying you the, the right amount of that insurance claim, go to their website, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. That's the drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Or give them a call at 985-386-7600. 985-386-7600. They will give you a free consultation because you heard it here at AYS. That's Drake Williams Law Firm. Again, 985-386-7600. Tell them Blake sent you by. And our good friend John Patton over at GMFS Mortgage. Guys, this is my home lender. I, I could go to so many different people, but if I know that I want the best rate and I don't want to pay got ungodly amount of money and get that best rate, you go to John Patton at GMFS Mortgage. Purchase, refinance, build, or renovate. Nobody's better equipped to service in your needs than John Patton. Build a new home, saving money on the mortgage that you have now or that cash out refi. He's going to change your life. That's John Patton at GMFS, GMFS Mortgage. Tell him, Blake, since you own Bob. All right, we got our good friend, Mr. Gator Dave is joining us. Dave, how's it going, my friend? Pretty good, pretty good. Trying to see your conversations and everything, trying to keep up with uh, keep, keeping up with a new coaching change. Uh, you know, we're, I'm, we're kind of used to it here at Florida, you know, it, it happens a good bit, but, uh, right. it's, uh, it's something different every time, but, uh, you're just kind of keeping up with all the fast and furious newness of it all with a, with a bowl game coming up tomorrow as well. Uh, you kind of, you know, just, uh, you just, you're looking everywhere, man. Just trying to everything coming at your way. 
Dave, I saw you tweet this, and it's kind of a LSU thing too about Brian Kelly. Every, are Florida were Florida fans expecting Billy Napier to coach in that bowl game? I mean, people were expecting Brian Kelly to coach in that bowl game too, and I'm like, guys, that doesn't yeah. happen. But it seems like Florida fans thought he was going to get up in there and start coaching, huh? I, mean, I get you know, I, the <laughs> fans that don't know any better, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get that thought. I don't know where it comes from. Where hey, just. This new coaching staff, uh, yeah, they're going to, in two weeks, install a new system, terminology, everything, uh, just for one game now. Just one game. Right. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, you had your opportunities like Barry Alvarez comes in. Of course, he was connected to Wisconsin. It was still his system. He just slides over from AD to be a head coach right. uh, there at Wisconsin. It's a lot different scenario than what we're talking about for right. our two programs right now. Well, you know, look, Dave, I think it's interesting, and I'm glad that we're bringing you on because a lot of people around LSU wanted in LSU to entertain Billy Napier. But Florida moved really quickly. They they did not want to waste time, and they go and get Billy. What's the last couple of weeks been like since Billy's stepped in Gainesville? I mean, I, I know that there's going to be some really interesting recruiting battles now with Billy in the state of Louisiana and, how, and vice versa. But how's it been for him the last couple of weeks? Yeah, so he gets his uh, introduction. Well, first of all, he's named uh, head coach University of Florida, and that process, as you said, Blake, went by really, really quick. And rare in a coaching search does it happen where the first target, the first name that comes out, that's all over the place. Right. Rarely does that happen. Uh, but that was the case at, at Florida. Billy Napier was pretty much the hot name uh, to begin with from the get go. Uh, it was the only candidate Scott Strickland met with. Uh, he was sold in that meet, meeting to go right, right away. Look, this is my guy. And even right. at the, uh, the the during the search, he said, look, I went and looked up, you know, look, of course, I'm going to do my due diligence. I'm going to do what I have to. I'm going to talk to everybody. I'm going to talk to past coaches. I'm going to talk to past uh, confidants, past colleagues. But Scott Strickland said, you know what? I just I went to YouTube and just searched Billy Napier and just searched random videos. He goes, what really sold me on Billy Napier was there's after a game, he's in a post-game media scrum where – it, you know, you're standing as a head coach and there's probably seven, eight media members beside you. He stopped the little media scrum. So two people who were cleaning out the stadium and all, or could just continue to do their job. And he was like, that spoke more to me than anything that anybody ever told me. Right. Uh, just, you know, kind of speaking to the person uh, Billy Napier is. So, you know, with the big culture change that Florida needs going from Dan Mullen to, to, to Billy Napier, something like that really spoke to Scott Strickland. So, yeah, Strickland – Targeting, he was very inter very interested, very sold on the interview. Uh, a couple of days later, Billy Napier's name head coach at University of Florida, uh, and then coaches in the Sun Belt Championship game, comes to Florida, does his opening press conference, goes back to the state of Louisiana the very next day to start recruiting Javante Citizen and ETN, the running backs. And so, you know, he's going where his bread's buttered. He has relationships there. Uh -huh. uh, good on him to kind of start that. Had some decommitments, had some transfer announcements along the way. Then on signing day, was able to – have a splash on signing day by getting uh, Shamar James, Kamari Wilson, Wilson both right. Florida Georgia battles. Hey, what do we want to say? Florida's got to catch up with Alabama. Florida's got to catch up with Georgia. And head to head battles on signing day, Florida did their part. Uh, so you hope as a Gator fan that that is the inkling, that is the hint of when everything, when this thing gets rolling, then your class of 2025 are those battles you start winning. Right. And, and Dave, so, two questions, and I'll go to the recruiting recruiting one first, but I, I want to get to 
what you thought about what was really going on behind the scenes because the Billy Napier thing happened so quick. But, man, flipping Kamari Wilson like that. I mean, I read this story now, and you can tell me if this is true or not, but Kamari Wilson saying that Billy Napier is sitting in the middle of the Walmart saying, you got to go talk to my mama before I flip. Yeah. I, I mean, look, Dave, the rivalry between LSU and, and Florida is big. Let's not get it twisted. Or the Urban Meyer, Jacob Hester's, Chris Lakes, all of that. Brother, I think it just got bigger, okay? Yeah. Because of that connection, and it, like I, I kind of sit this from afar, and I keep watching Billy. I'm like, hey, bro, chill out. Javante Citizen don't like no orange or blue. Just sit out. Just don't, he, you know, don't come over here. But it's going to be interesting, Dave. Do, even though the class wasn't huge, how did Florida fans react to that? They were like, oh, shit. Like, this guy's out here recruiting. Did they have a big reception to that, him doing so well so early? Yeah, and, you know, that was part of the reason a move was made. It wasn't that, you know, it, it was more than Dan Mullen winning <laughs> six games or, or you know, and, and, and losing right. six games uh, in, in a season. It was, well, where, where's the hope of the program? Where's the program trending? And it was not trending well, for, and, and mainly because of recruiting. Uh, when, when you want to look at it, you were not closing any kind of gap. Uh, you, you had your 2020 splash, but even that is, is look, we know you lost to LSU season finale. And yeah, you played Bama great, but then you told us a bowl game didn't matter versus Oklahoma. And, you know, starting right there and bleeding into 2021 and then looking at recruiting as well, there was just very little hope that Florida could get it fixed to be a consistent threat in the SEC East. So it starts with recruiting right there. And yes, Billy Napier. Making that splash on signing day was, I, I think, uh, a signal, a signifier that this isn't going to be a cakewalk for Georgia when they start recruiting head-to-head versus Florida anymore. It's not It's not going to be a cakewalk anymore. Now, I'm not sitting here going to say Florida's going to recruit top two, top three like Georgia does every year, but you need to be up there every now and then. So, you know, you, you, you go get a guy in place that, that can do that. So, and Blake, as I mentioned, you know, he did rub some Gator fans the wrong way when he comes in and there was, you know, like I said, transfers that were going to leave uh, the, the University of Florida. And some guys, just in all honesty, he didn't want this class. They had committed to Florida. They had committed to Dan Mullen. These are not his players. They're not the guys that he went out and scouted and recruited. And part of that was there's the – the. it's more than a rumor. It's been pretty much confirmed that he's asked some players out there to send a workout tape, send a workout video. Why wouldn't he? He's at Louisiana. He's not recruiting these same type of players. He's not right. recruiting these players at Louisiana. He needs to learn about them, learn a lot about them in a very short amount of time. So if that's something he needs to be done, first of all, it tells you who wants to be a Gator. Second of all, he's going to get whatever he, the part of workout he wants them to see. So there's two things right there. Uh, so that rubs some prospects the wrong way. And, you know, so, okay, well, that told him you don't want to be a Gator. If you don't want to go through that little process, okay, we'll move on from you. Uh, and then, you know, just some of them, he just probably didn't want the class because this is his team now. This well, is, he wants to go get his own guys. Well, and, and Dave, just covering him from afar to, in an aspect, you ain't going to tell him what the hell to do. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm just telling you. Look, he, you ain't gonna, he's got that Sabinist thing to him, you know, that dabba. You ain't going to tell him what to do. And it's, it's why a lot of people like him. But, you know, Dave, it's interesting to me – do. Because we were – and we were just talking about the – how it just moves so quickly with Strickland and Napier. They had to be talking behind the scenes, right? I mean, like, yeah. we knew in Louisiana – like, let me give you an example. Somebody started uh, sending out a, a, a picture of Scott Strickland at a racetrack uh, a, a gas station in the middle of Lafayette, 
Okay, <laughs> and so I'm like, bro, and Dan technically wasn't fired yet. You know what I mean? And I'm like, man, and then it wasn't 45 minutes later he's fired, and I'm like, man, this is getting weird, bro. They had to be working on behind the scenes, right? Like they, they were talking at least, maybe not meeting, but they had to have talked beforehand. I, I know I might sound like a conspiracy theorist, but do you think that he that Strickland always had Napier in his sights a little bit? Yeah, so Florida loses to South Carolina, and that was the second week in November, I believe. First, first week in November, second yeah, week in November. Right, after right, Florida right, Georgia game. Right, week right. after Florida Georgia. So I think it was the first week in November. Um, Florida loses that game. Uh, doesn't look good. I think from everything I can gather, that's when maybe everything kind of started <laughs> and the wheels started in place and the right. motion in place. You know, Florida got embarrassed. Uh, in Columbia, South Carolina that night. I mean, I was there, you know, mm-hmm. cold, windy, and Florida's getting their butt beat. Not a fun trip. You know, the, fun, the tailgate before the game was fun, but the game itself right. uh, wasn't there. So, yeah, you know, an embarrassing loss there uh, for Dan Mullen and, and and staff there. Gets rid of John Hevesy and Todd Grantham the very next day. Uh, and, look, I, I think from everything I can gather, conversations behind the scenes started happening right there of who to go target, mm-hmm. what would the interest be. It's like, hey, I'm not talking to Billy Napier right now. But hey, agent, what's the interest? Right. Would would he like to come to Florida? And yeah, I think right 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 then and there, uh, you can kind of say the wheel started in motion without Florida South Carolina again. Dave, so very quick questions for you. Uh, Going to fire these one off pretty quick. I think Mark has a good one. He goes hashtag ask Dave about Jack Miller and, and could he start? I think that they gave a lot of people. Pers- Look, I was high on Jack Miller for LSU, and then Miles Brennan came back. Whatever. But that kind of put to to rest the type of quarterback that that Billy Napier wants too. Like, were you surprised that Jack Miller is going to be at Florida, and when you're surprised that Billy was able to pull him in? Um, surprise in a way because look, you guys know that the AR hype was real. It, it, it is been real. real, you know, this whole season. So. At least I'll give Miller credit for, okay, well, I know this AR hype is real. I'm going to come compete for the job anyway. And part of that is Anthony Richardson uh, tomorrow will not be playing in the Gasparilla Bowl. He's had a minor knee surgery, uh, so he wants to be able to hit the ground running in spring practice for for Billy Napier's new head coach. He doesn't want to miss spring practice, so he got that surgery out of the way, and hopefully by the time spring practice rolls around, you know, he'll be taking part in spring practice to go uh, put his foot and you know start the race for – starting quarterback position now with Miller. Emory Jones more than likely has already been announced. He's going to transfer. So his last time as a Gator we'll see in the Gasparilla Bowl. So he'll be out. Who knows what happens with backups, Carlos Del Rio and Jalen Kitna as well with this coaching change. So Florida needed to go get a a, a quarterback in the transfer portal. Uh, and Jack Miller was the guy there from Ohio State. And uh, look, I've already heard it, of course. Oh, a backup quarterback from Ohio State. Maybe this is the next Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. On, yeah, don't put the pressure on the kid to, to, to be that and, and, and everything that goes along with that. So, look, it's, it's just a piece. You know, Florida's probably going to need some depth. But it did tell me, you look at Levi Lewis at Louisiana mm-hmm. and a, a, a dual-threat quarterback. And Miller's probably somewhat of a dual-threat quarterback as well, but not in the same mold as, as Lewis. He's going to be pocket first, going to get rid of the ball. If he needs no to doubt. run, he can run. So it does let me know Billy Napier's willing to bring kind of you know a couple styles of quarterback in uh, play here and not necessarily stick to just a dual-threat power, power run quarterback. You know, he'll, he'll go get a pocket passer as well. Well, and I think he does. You know, like, look, Levi was not a good thrower of the football right. 
when he first started. And the, the, the leaps and bounds that he made throwing the football were kind of, I'm not going to lie, were pretty impressive. So, I, Dave, I, I think you got something there. And, and look, I think it's a good battle between AR and, and Jack Miller. Uh, Dave, too. And Black, before and before we go on with that too, you know, you hope if if AR is if AR is what you think he is, unfortunately, you next year might be the only year you have him. Right. So I mean, this, that next year will be his third year. If he, if he's the quarterback you want him to be, and if he is, then Billy Napier's hit a gold mine in year one at Florida. If he is that type of quarterback, he may only be there a year anyway. So who knows, you know, where where your quarterback depth is, and if he's if he's leaving after one year. Dave, I ain't saying this because you're on the show, and I, I'm being dead ass honest. That kid stays healthy; it's a problem. With with yeah. Billy Napier's offense, with that kid, it's a problem. Now, can they block? Can they do other things? I, look, I, <laughs> that's a whole different topic. But that that kid's got is lethal now, and in that offense, that's one thing. I was like, I told a couple of buddies, I'm like, please God, let him transfer. Please <laughs> let him transfer. Please let the portal work in our favor for once. Anyway, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Look, a lot of LSU fans are going to know this, and it's been a debate here, and I don't, I don't know how much so in Florida, about Corey Raymond. I know that we kind of talked about this off the record, but even to bring a little bit of this conversation onto the record, Corey Raymond, man, that's a big pull for Billy Napier, especially with all the guys that Corey Raymond has in recruiting on paper under his belt. Dave, how excited, I guess, are Gator fans? Because I know how unexcited LSU fans were when he left. Has it been a big deal that when he was hired, it was the associate head coach and na- or named the associate head coach? Yeah, Blake, it, it, absolutely. And, and look, it doesn't really matter what happened at LSU. You can best bet every other program probably out there wanted him in, in some form or fashion. No doubt. So for Billy Napier to get him and his first Florida staff you know, it doesn't matter what happened at LSU. You kept him away from Georgia. You kept him away from Alabama. You kept him away from whoever else wanted him because I'm sure he would have had plenty of suitors lining up to go be on their sideline. Uh, so it was a really big pull there for Billy Napier. And I'm, look, I'm sure there's uh, a Louisiana connection, being there close, so close there uh, for the last four years with Billy Napier and having a relationship uh, there just being in Louisiana. So I'm sure they've maybe had a beer or drink a cup of coffee together or in their state. So it probably wasn't a a very hard pull uh, with some kind of background there, but yeah, it's a huge pull there. I mean, look, LSU and Florida, along with Ohio state out there thrown around this DBU debate and all that, well, you know, he's a key piece in that in in the last decade or so. So Mm -hmm. you bring him over from LSU now to Florida and you hope he can bring that recruiting prowess there from that state into Florida, have a lot of those relationships. I mean, he, he already paid big dividends there with Devin Moore and, and Kamari Wilson there on, on signing days, two uh, two uh, secondary players that Florida got on signing day, and and they mentioned Raymond was a key part in that, and and having already a known relationship with him just because uh, of a relationship at LSU as well. So yeah, already paying early dividends, and you do hope uh, with that big role at Florida as well, helping Billy Napier there uh, that he you know sticks around for a couple of years, that can really get the the his roots there in the state of Florida to help uh, Billy Napier in, in closing that gap versus the top of the SEC in recruiting. Right. And speaking of that, because we got a lot of people in here asking the same question about what goes on in the state of Florida, and nobody knows it better than you. Mario Cristobal gets named in Miami. How much more difficult does that make it for Billy? Like, look, I got to see Miami win it before – start winning before I start putting my eggs in that basket. But, Dave, it it gets a little bit harder. And and just talk to the three – the three-team race there, really. I mean, 
do you think do you think Billy can come out on top, or does Mario Cristobal have a bigger heel to climb than what maybe Billy does? Like I still think the way it probably works out is Mario to me still helps a lot in South Florida, but there's still a lot of those guys there. Uh, so mm-hmm. I still think you can kind of sprinkle in. Florida needs to do better in Ocala and Lakeland and Jacksonville and Tampa and Orlando. Florida needs to do better in those areas before they even think about. It. And Florida's done pretty well in South Florida uh, the, the last few years anyway. So if Mario does create some kind of fence around South Florida uh, like he, like Miami has done before, then Billy does need to make sure he hits Jacksonville, Orlando, those other areas that I mentioned, make sure he hits those areas hard uh, and, you know, keep, keep away from Florida state a bit, but also keep those out of state schools uh, out of, you know, it's not just Florida state, Miami, you know, Dan Mullins, one of the, the biggest things that is the biggest attractor of his from his time at, at Florida was he had a golden opportunity to shut the door in the state of Florida and recruiting while Miami no was struggling and he did not do so. Georgia came in and got who they wanted. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, all those schools came in and got who they wanted. Not able to take advantage of beating Miami and FSU head-to-head early in his tenure at Florida. Not able to use that as a stepping stone in recruiting. That needs to change. And with Mario Cristobal there at Miami, it's, it's, it is going to be a little more difficult there. But I think if you have the right guy in place at Florida, I've always said this, Blake, if, if you have the right guy, I ain't worried about anybody else. If you got the right guy in place, everything will take care of itself. <laughs> Dave, I feel like, and I will let you out on this one, but I feel like LSU and Florida are aligned in a lot of ways. You know, like Dan Mullen, Ed Orsron. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, I, maybe less and maybe Urban in a sense. You know, the later years of Urban weren't that great. You know, so there are a lot of line, and, and I'm like you, man. You get the right guy in those programs, it's lethal. You know, but look, trying to convince – 528 people of that on a, every given night is not that easy. <laughs> so we'll have to just wait and see. But, Dave, you've been fantastic as always. Great to bring you back in. We've been meaning to get you in, but there's just so much chaos that goes on oh, yeah. throughout a coaching search. But tell everybody where they can find you and all your great uh, all your great stuff. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. You can find Gators Breakdown on YouTube, all the popular podcast platforms out there as well. Uh, just a lot going on out there. Florida's got the Gasparilla Bowl uh, tomorrow night versus in-state UCF. So big preview of that up right now. Uh, post-game show tomorrow night before we uh, take a few days off for a hot holiday. But, Blake, man, uh, thanks for having me on. You know, Florida LSU week's always a fun week, man. So happy holidays to you and your family. And hope uh, hope every, all the recovery from the hurricanes been. Uh-oh. I don't know what happened there, Dave, but I, I appreciate it. I don't know if you heard what I heard, but I appreciate it. I think it's my my <laughs> mixer that's going out. But I appreciate it, Dave. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. I, thank you so much, man. That's Gator Dave from Gators Breakdown. I really don't know what just happened. Uh-oh. Can y'all hear me? Give me a thumbs up if y'all can hear me. I think that y'all can, but... Let's see. Just to make sure you guys can give me, hear me, give me a thumbs up in the chat if you can. All right, y'all can. All right, good. I don't. I really don't know what happened there. Uh, it kind of just went blank.
All right. Gator Dave was awesome as always. Um, and look, I, I do think, I, I really, really do think that there is an, a lot of alignment between Florida and LSU. There's going to be really interesting to see how this goes, uh, this goes down between these two programs. Billy's going to want to come in here and recruit, and Brian Kelly's going to have to fend him off. Uh, got Chris Gordy coming on, locked on SEC podcast about 7.50, so about seven minutes. Uh, Chris will be on with us. He talked LSU alum. He talked to Miles Brennan. Want to break down that conversation with him and see how that went, what he took from it, and uh, I think it's gonna be fun to to hear his thoughts and takes. First time guest on the show. It's gonna be fun to have him on. Uh, LSU, they're out in front. It's kind of str- have y'all noticed LSU basketball? Just a very quick side note: how they do struggle coming out the gate every like every game. It seems like the first half. They just come out sluggish, man. That's got to piss Will Wade off. Like, completely has to piss him off. But they are leading. They're going to, look, they're going to win. <laughs> Up 37-22 with about four minutes left in the first half. So, they're fine. They're fine. All right, let's get to a couple comments. Fire in um, some of your comments or questions. Hashtag ask Blake and we'll get to them. Uh, Jacob Cole says, two guests. Oh, we bowling now. Yeah, and I think we're going to try to go a little bit longer on the shows too. Kind of make it a little bit more of a longer show, but we'll see. As we get bigger, so does the show, you know. Uh, Jeremy Marshall on Facebook says, hashtag ask Blake, if guest, la- if guest last night was a car salesman trying to sell me on DC Choice, I'd probably go to another dealership. He wasn't too sure on him. Well, I think, Jeremy, that's the point. <laughs> he wasn't trying to sell you on Matt House. Um, so I think he did sell you. I think he did sell you, right? I mean, he he doesn't want uh, Matt House to be the next DC. He would rather go to Durante Jones. And, and what's crazy to me, a lot of people were questioning about Durante Jones. Um, but, man, you do realize... Um, Lake B. Rafino. Okay. Somebody t- took our name. Um, but you do realize a lot of the stuff. Um, see, I see, I saw you on YouTube, Blake Rafino, and I'm just kind of kind of threw me off. Sorry. <laughs> but I think Carter did sell you on that. Carter definitely 100% did sell you uh, on what was going Uh Gators breakdown. Gator Dave says, sorry, guys, my microphone program froze just the last minute there. Well, it's all right, Dave. It's okay. At least it froze at the last minute. And he says, happy holidays. Thank you, my friend. You are fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Lake B. Rafino on YouTube says, how serious of a recruiting threat is Napier? Um... Well, it really just depends. You know, he's got two guys from the state of Louisiana and Jabbar Jaluk and Coy Raymond. I think that they could, they're going to get some recruits out of the state. Some. But with all due respect to Billy and all due respect to Corey and all due respect to Jaluk, they're not going to get, they're not going to get their fair share. They might get one. I think that they might target one guy in this class that they can go and get, and Billy's going to be a threat there. 
with that being said, I don't. Well, he he's got a lot of ground to make up. So for that reason, I I, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, Stacy Gilmore says Jones Durante Jones was handcuffed by Orgeron and couldn't do what he wanted. Yeah, and, and look, I agree with that, man. And, and so for everybody saying that, um, for everybody saying that Carter Bryant, our guest last night, didn't sell you on Matt House. That was the point. <laughs> that was literally the point. All right, let's get to a few more questions. And then we'll get over to our good friend Chris Gordy. Um, Actually was one of the first people to report some LSU uh, news. I think it was Xavier Gooden who was joining Jacob Flint's staff. uh, But is on air for Sports Talk 790 and on the Locked on SEC podcast. Had Miles Brennan on yesterday and... It took me a while to listen to it. You know, guys, you know how this stuff goes. You get sourcing about coaching stuff. You have to stop what you're listening to and pick up the phone. Hey, when's Mike Denbrock coming? <laughs> and so, either way, it was very fantastic. Want to break that down with him as well. And what he thinks about his alma mater in LSU. Uh, Terrence says hashtag ask Blake. Honestly, with everything that's going on. At LSU, what is your physical grade of LSU? I'm just lost at the point, Blake. I think everybody, and then we'll get to Chris here. I said this earlier. This was my monologue to start the show off. I think LSU is going to do really damn good in the portal. I think they're going to do really good. I think that you got Miles Frazier. I think you're going to go get another two offensive linemen from in the portal. You're going to try to get some receivers here and there and some DBs, maybe a D lineman here or there. But hopefully, pray to God, you let some of these guys that are on the fence of going to the draft, maybe they come back. I mean, technically, Micah Baskerville, who should come back, can come back. You know, like another guy that's out there that could be on the fence is Ali Gay. Now, let me say this very quickly. A lot of the LSU media is is pushing Ali Gay, saying he's a first-round pick. No, he's not. Does he have the ability to be a first-round pick? Yes. Is he a first-round pick right now? No. He might be a day-three guy. So he might need to come back and get some things going for him and then boost his draft status. Do you get a guy like Ali Gay to come back? Now, that would be huge. But don't say because of his physical ability, he's a shoe-in for the first round. Like, some people just say stuff, and it's kind of outlandish. All right. Let's get to Chris Gordy. Let's do this. Let's get to a very, very quick break as the LSU Fighting Tigers basketball is up 48-24. Feel good about doing the show at the normal uh, scheduled time now. I'm not going to lie. Thank God they're beating the crap out of Lipscomb. That's for sure. So let's get to a, let's get to a very very quick break, uh, and then we'll get Chris in here. None better than our good friend Richie Roche from Roche's Lawn and Landscape and Lightbox. Our good friends over at LightboxJewelry.com. Guys, you got to get over to my good friend Richie Roche from Roche's Lawn and Landscape. You want all your beautiful outside work to be done, and you don't want to do it. It's a holiday season here, and you just don't have the time. Call Richie Roche from Roche's Lawn and Landscape, 225-937-7220. That's 225-937-7220. Let them know that your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sits you on by. If you want landscaping done, they can do a full model of your house and draw 
into a 3D spec exactly what you want and so you can see it before you do it and before you have it. That's Richie Roche over at Roche's Lawn and Landscape, 225-937-7220. Let him know Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by it. Our good friends over at lightboxjewelry.com. Guys, I've been telling you about this. You only got a couple more days. Three more days until Christmas is here. They have the same chemical makeup of the natural diamonds, and they're just grown in a lab. Very impressive of only being $800 per carat. Visit lightboxjewelry.com and add the sparkle into your holiday shopping season. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. There's never a dull moment. All right, let's get over to our good friend Chris Gordy over from Locked On SEC Podcast. Chris, it, thank you for being on. I listened to the the, the podcast with Miles Brennan yesterday, and I got to be honest, very impressive. Like, I think you were able to pull some stuff out of Miles Brennan that we have never heard from him before while at LSU. Uh, take us into that conversation. What did you learn about Miles Brennan and his decision to come back to LSU? Yeah, well, I mean – it, it, what I found interesting, I mean, like we we heard this thing about the the fishing trip and all that, and you know, like we we heard about it. Okay, tripped on a flip flop, missed the last step, and you know, and breaks his arm. But like, what we never really heard from Miles is like, what were you thinking mentally? Like he he even says like you know it was embarrassing. Like he had to call his parents and be like, look, this is what I just did, and you know, probably knew you know as a as an athlete that a broken bone has happened and. I mean, had to just start thinking like this is stupid. So um, I thought that was interesting. I also thought it was interesting that you know when he added the transfer portal, he really thought this is it. Like I'm done with LSU. Mm. Like he had literally turned the page. I think a lot of fans had kind of turned the page. And I think what he started to see, you know, as the market started to shift around and started right. to see where guys were moving, um, you know, I think he started to see, hey, my my best option may be coming back to LSU, especially with with Max leaving now. I have a pretty good friend of a friend who knows uh, Brad Johnson really well and uh, and that family. And I asked, and I didn't want to pry too much, but I asked, you know, the day after it was announced that, you know, my, or Max was going to be leaving, I said, what was, like, what went down there? And I was told from this guy who knows Max, or Brad Johnson said, there were a lot of tears and a lot, and a tough conversation. And when I heard that, it almost seemed like Brian Kelly told Max, Either one of two things, either you're going to come in here and you're going to have to fight and you're going to have to earn it. Nothing is guaranteed or two. Hey, look, man, we're going to go in a different direction. One of those conversations was had with Max Johnson. And I think that's what resulted in tears from him. I think his brother was fully planned on being an LSU tiger and was kind of like, let's go in a different direction. And that shifted everything to where miles went. Wait, I was leaving because Max is here with Nussmeyer with Walker Howard and now this thing has shifted where, hey, Max is out. I'm back in. So it really couldn't have worked out better for LSU. It couldn't have worked out better for Miles Brennan because, look, he could have went to Southern Miss and been a star. He could have went to Nebraska and been really good. <laughs> but his best situation, we just saw him get engaged, like, literally which, a couple what, days ago. <laughs> yeah, was was the girl going to go with him? Like, I'm curious <laughs> to know that. But, like, you know, right. thank God it worked out. And, man, what you know, I even said to him at the end, I said, man, I really hope this works out for you. Because the Miles Brennan story, when it's all said and done, I mean, he could literally write a book about his journey at LSU, being behind Joe Burrow, one of the greatest to ever do it, to his sixth year of eligibility. What happens if he has LSU really good next year and in the playoff conversation? I think it would be a great story. They'll put it 
Chris, you and I both know, and you're an LSU guy. They'll build a damn. They'll build a statue because of the loyalty he's had. They'll put their own damn statue of him outside of Death Valley. There's no, he'll be up there before Burrow. Watch, but just because of fans and being idiotic. But you know what I mean, Chris. I, I gotta. I gotta say this. In listening to the show, in listening to the podcast, there was one thing. And look, I usually, and this is just me, and I'm, I'm sure you do the same. There was one comment that stuck out, stood out to me. Is Miles said, "I was a, literally, I'm quoting, I was literally about to commit elsewhere, and then Brian Kelly called." What did he say in that? You know, like people don't know Brian Kelly yet, so. To me, I sat back and, I, Chris, I got to be honest, I, I paused and I was like, listen, this man watched the Miles Brennan film at Mich- Mich- Mississippi State and others, and he's like, hey, man, I might want to give this kid a call. When he said that, what was the vibe that you got from him when he said, I was literally about to come in elsewhere, and then Brian Kelly called? How did you take all of that? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't press him on it, but the vibe I got – I mean, and look at Mickey Joseph, you know, going to Nebraska. <laughs> DeColdis Crawford follows him there. You know, there's rumblings about, you know, maybe some other LSU guys may want to follow and go to Nebraska. So, like, that alone made me, or, you know, I don't, did, did we ever find out, did Trey Palmer, has he officially moved? Because I know there were some rumblings of him maybe going to Nebraska. But anyway, like, uh, I, we cover I think, this area, not yet, but it's trending. Okay. It's well, I know, trending. <laughs> I know. Like, him saying that makes me think that Miles was thinking of Nebraska very Correct. seriously. Now, I got a buddy who's a big Southern Miss fan who was like, no, nah, bro, he was coming to Southern Miss. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think he was yeah. – I mean, I think he was literally on the move about to make his decision and make his announcement, and the timing couldn't have worked better. Like, I think somebody got in Brian Kelly's ear. Maybe it was Maybe it was his dad. Maybe Brennan's dad calls Brian Kelly goes, hey, coach, my kid might stay. You just got to call him and talk with him. And so – yeah, I think when the when the when the word came out that Brian Kelly was going to be very happy with Garrett Nussmeyer, Walker Howard, but wanted a third quarterback, and when I guess the conversation was that was had with Max that he was out, that they were going to look to the transfer portal again. Like, what better guy in the transfer portal than the guy who's already here? So, yeah, like I said, I, I think the t- you're right though. I mean, the timing of this had Brian Kelly waited a day, it was it might over. Have been too late, right? Yeah. And, and look. Outside of tonight, because obviously the basketball came, but we have a lot of people inside this show that always talk about, oh, what's Brian Kelly doing? Is he just sitting at football ops? Oh, he's not doing anything. That's not what he's doing. He's not just sitting there twiddling his thumbs. But, Chris, I got to ask a tough question and just, you know, an objective question. Do you think that LSU has a little bit of worry? Do you think that – uh, Brian Kelly has a little bit of worry because of the injury history with Miles, and I know he's touched on it in the past, and he's touched on it. But d- do you feel that there's any concern from him or or anybody else around that? Yeah, I mean, I think you know you're you're stupid if you don't have concerns about <laughs> Miles Brennan and his injury history. I mean, like I said, as much as I said, like it would be a great story for him to be the guy and lead LSU to a title no or an SEC title, whatever the very likelihood is that Miles doesn't last a full season. His, his history has shown that. And so, yeah, I mean, you got to have contingencies. I, I I think you feel good about Nussmeyer, Walker Howard. I know there's been reports that Walker Howard's family has kind of intimated, look, if he can redshirt this year and, you know, play in the three or four scrap games, whatever, we, we'd like to not throw him into the fire. On the flip side, Garrett Nussmeyer sitting there going, hey, man, I got my taste this year. 
you know, I got my four games in, but I'm kind of ready to be thrown into the fire and compete for the job. And so, look, I know nothing's been guaranteed to, you know, quote unquote, but it, it basically is. I mean, Miles is going to be the guy, but if you're Garrett, you got to be on your on your toes saying, dude, like I got to be ready to play because there we are one hit away. I mean, that that hit that Miles took in the Missouri game that basically ended his year in 2020, like you're one hit away from uh, you know, you being the guy the rest of the year. And, and I mean, we've seen, look at the quarterback shuffling LSU has had, uh, you know, in 2020 with TJ Finley and Max getting in there. So, right. yeah, I think, uh, I think Nussmeyer has to be ready. Is Brian Kelly concerned about that? Absolutely. But I don't think he's going to lose sleep over it because he knows how talented the two other guys are. You know, what's crazy, Chris, that you bring that up is that LSU's had four, four quarterbacks play significant amount of time in the last two years which normally doesn't bode well. Normally you go 11 and 11. Um, and, and look, kind of shifting topics off of that, but kind of in the same, Edwards runs out, Brian Kelly's in. Do you – because I see the shift that's happening. As an LSU guy, do you see it happening? Do you see the shift happening? I know it's kind of slow, but what do you think about him so far and how this shift is going so far? Let, let me just say, first off, I mean, I love Coach O. I had a great relationship with him, and, and Derek Panansky was great to me. I mean, any, every year at SEC Media Days, I was able to get Coach O. When they came to Houston on the Tiger Tour, I was able to get a one-on-ones with Coach O. Uh, helped him out with the Coach's Show when they came to Houston this year and got to see a little bit behind the scenes. And, and Coach O, the guy, like, you love him. I mean, he will be – every time no he comes doubt. back to Baton Rouge, he will be loved and, you know, showered with, with praise and all that, and he deserves it. Um, that said, everything I've heard talking with people around the program is it's a different day. It's a new dawn. It's a new era. Things are going to be very different. Um, you know, there were things that, oh, let's slip through the cracks that Brian Kelly's not going to let slip through the cracks. I, I describe this best as the past 10, 15 years. Think of how many times as LSU fans we've been embarrassed or we've had to kind of hang our head. You know, I, I go back to the less miles eating grass where it's kind of like, you know, my friend's like, what is your coach doing? I'm like, ah, whatever. He's winning. Um, <laughs> right. Know, then there was the clock management year. Remember with it? We're like, oh, man, oh, clock, clock, clock it, it right. clock it. I mean, like, oh, so we're like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. Then there was parts with with O where, you know, it was there were the moments of the, the pictures in bed with the women and all this kind of stuff. You know, like there were moments the last 15 years where you've been embarrassed. I think with Brian Kelly, you're not going to have that moment. And look, I say that knowing the past three weeks, have, we've had the family, family. speech <laughs> and we've had him dancing with Walker Howard. If those are the two worst things that Brian Kelly does, like, give me a break. Like, so I, I think from a class standpoint, you're good. You've upgraded. You've got a guy who is going to carry himself with class. Maybe he doesn't have the greatest sense of humor. Although, you know, Miles kind of said, you know, he does have a little bit of that, but in my conversation with Brennan, he points out, he said, we had a serious conversation man-to-man, um, you know, about everything from football to to everything on the earth. And, like, you really start to see how deep of a guy Brian Kelly really is. And so, um, yeah, man, I, I, uh, I, I'm excited. I mean, again, this guy's track record, he's won everywhere he's been. If he loses at LSU, it'll be an anomaly because it'll be the first time in his career where he's not won. So, and look, don't get me wrong. I know the SEC can eat coaches alive. We see it all the time. Chad Morris was a pretty good coach before he went to Arkansas. <laughs> Red Bielema was a great coach up at Wisconsin. 
and then he got his ass handed to him at, at, at Arkansas. I mean, uh, you know, I think Mike Leach is a really good coach, but like seven, eight wins, and they're throwing a parade now in Starkville because that's like the best he can do. So there's some really good coaches in in this conference now, but it's going to eat them alive. And so, look, for Brian Kelly, he doesn't have to win 10 games every year. I know that's kind of what he was doing at Notre Dame. LSU fans are realistic. Look, we'll take a nine-win a nine win team if we know – you know, next year, we're going to be right in the competition. We may beat Batman. We may win the SEC West. It's not an every-year thing. And that's what people have the hardest time, uh, you know, when they ask me, what happened with Ogeron? Why would you get rid of him so quick? And I said, look, it was a lot of the off-the-field stuff. It was the, the the assistants, missing on the hires and all that. But it was the it was the on-field product, too. I mean, to go 5-5 five and five and 6-6. Six no and six, LSU, we can live – LSU fans, we can live losing to Bama. We can live losing the occasional game to Florida. What we saw these last two years was losses to Missouri, losses to Kentucky, losses to programs we're not used to losing to. And so that's what kind of put us, you know, puts it all in perspective. And so, again, like, is Brian Kelly going to win the national championship next year? Probably not. But what LSU wants fans want to see is him lay the foundation. What are you going to build here? And, again, a professional approach for the future. Well, and and losing to – Auburn at home for the first time since 1999 you know there's some things you just can't do like that's like one of them you know like there's some things you got it look I'm with you the nine went I'm right there with you uh Chris Gordy who is a co-host for in the trenches on sports talk 790 you can catch him there and on the locked on SEC podcast we'll let him tell you where you can subscribe and go everywhere to listen to him he's been fantastic so far Chris two more and I'll get you out of here I have I have taken a step back from let me just say this and I think that you get this vibe too maybe a little bit but there's a little bit of a panic right now around Brian Kelly and we and you just touch on him that it would be an anomaly, anomaly if he lost but are you like me and you sit back and don't really worry about him as much as maybe you would do Orgeron or less because he has so much winning in his resume before or do you think that Look, man, we gotta we gotta watch him because it is the SEC. I kind of sit back and, and and wait for him just because he's been been so good elsewhere. Yeah, for anybody who wants to criticize <clears throat> what he did at Notre Dame and say, "Oh, it's Notre Dame," look no further than the two guys who were there before him. Charlie Weiss sucked. Ty, <laughs> Willing, Ty Willingham sucked. Right. Like, it's not like Brian Kelly went to a program because you know what's everybody always say with Notre Dame? Oh, they don't play nobody. They don't play nobody. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not his fault USC had, like, their worst run the past few years. Like, he was scheduling tough. He would play the Stanfords. And, yeah, he'd play the military academies, although Army and Navy have had nice runs in recent years. But, like, for him to win basically 10 games a year at at Notre Dame, that's huge. They were not doing that before he got there. And so people need to keep that in perspective. But, look, I'm an SEC guy. I host the Locked on SEC podcast. I love the SEC, and the SEC has had its dominance. But to act like, I think sometimes we we act a little too snooty and act like, oh, these coaches from these other conferences, they don't know how the SEC is. They can't no handle doubt. us. And I think it's silly because we've seen it. Like, we've seen Jimbo was in the ACC winning at Florida State. He's now at A&M, and we'll see if he can take them to the next level. Like, uh, you know, Brian Kelly won at Notre Dame. He's not going to get to bat urge and be like, oh, my God, this Nick is Saban was in the Big Ten. Michigan yeah, State like- comes to LSU. I mean, like – Michigan might beat Georgia in two weeks, and are we going to sit there and go, "Thank you"? Oh, uh, you know, this is a fluke that the SEC lost to the Big Ten. No, Michigan's a good team. 
Harbaugh only took him about nine years, but he's finally got a good team. So, um, Chris, look. literally my second, my, my last question for you <laughs> was about Michigan, Georgia. And did you see that? Did you think Michigan can win? But thank I mean, you. It, it's, it's cyclical, but I mean, again, like <laughs> if, if Brian, if Brian Kelly loses, it's like, I I'd love to know like what went wrong. Is it because he got here and just crumbled under the pressure and forgot how to coach football. Is it he he struck out and hired the wrong assistants? Like I know everybody is all up in arms. Like make a hire, make a hire, make a hire. Look, the the early signing period's come and gone. The 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 urgency to make those hires now doesn't matter. Like who cares if you make that announcement on December twenty second or January fifteenth? There's so much time to to work out here and, and name the guys. And you think there's any kid out there? Who right now, who's let's say a four or five star recruit who's undecided, is going, you know, like the day they announce Matt House as the new DC, they're gonna go, Oh, Matt House. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> no, these kids, these kids don't know who the hell those guys are. Like, it's not gonna make a difference. So I I, I also think we need to get away from these recruits choosing coaches and coordinators and all that. Choose the school, choose the school that you want to go to. Right. You want to wear the colors. You want to run out there for those fans and all that. You know, I, I thought it was really crappy what Jimbo did last week. Literally, the you know two days after the signing period. Oh, Mike Elko's taking the Duke job. A day later. Oh yeah, our uh, our, our O line coach Henson is is leaving for Oklahoma. Like conveniently, all those moves happen after the signing period where they locked up all those recruits. You don't think some of those O line commits for A and M were like, hey. What happened to the guy who recruited me here? He just left in two days. I mean, I, again, I get it. That's how you play the game, but it's slimy. Um, again, for LSU, I, I, I think give Brian Kelly time. Have guys turned down LSU? Sure. They've gotten notes from some people already, but, you know, I think the, the, the phrase I always hear is it doesn't matter whether it was your first hire, your second hire, your third hire. It just needs to be the right hire. And so, you know, if he hits on the coordinator hires, we'll all forget about Oh man, we waited weeks to find out who the OC and DC were going to be. I just think, again, uh, all that's irrelevant. If, if kids are coming to play for LSU, they're coming to play for LSU because they want to wear the purple and gold, and they want to play for Brian Kelly. They're not going to say, "Well, who's my OC?" Like that. That stuff's irrelevant, right? As LSU does start the second half, they're up fifty to twenty-four on Lipscomb and LSU basketball. We can talk about Will Wade in another date. We'll bring Chris back on to to talk about him here. It was literally my last question because I wanted to go around the SEC with you. Chris, former collegiate offensive lineman, I, I vote for and v- have voted for Michigan to win the Joe Moore Award. Chris, I got to be a little honest. I don't trust Georgia right now. Like, like I, re- I really don't. I trust their defense, but I don't trust their offense, and I don't, I don't trust a, a non-led JT Daniels team winning this whole thing. Talk to me. What do you think is going to realistically happen with Georgia here in the playoff? So a few things here. Um, a lot, a lot, like we can't, the SEC championship game happened. Yes. Bama showed up. They played their best game of the year. We can't let that skew everything we knew up until that point. Here's what we knew up until that point. Georgia's defense was dominant. They were sacking uh, teams left and right. They were living in opposing teams' backfields. They were aggressive. They were hungry. They were giving up seven points a game over 12 games. That's unheard of. That doesn't happen. (laughs) On the flip side, Bama, up until that point, very inconsistent, struggled to protect uh, uh, Bryce Young. What, seven sacks against Auburn? LSU, they couldn't protect them. All these problems. Alabama played their best game of the year. Georgia played their worst game of the year. I'm not going to overreact to how that game played out. And again, 
kudos to Bama, kudos to Saban. They played their butts off and all that. My big thing with Georgia is how do you respond? You got punched in the mouth for the first time all year. Are you ready to come back and show everybody who Georgia really is? The team that went 12-0 and for the first time in forever and, you know, was living in people's backfields and Jordan Davis and all these guys eating up, you know, opposing offensive lines. Uh, Stetson Bennett, who, by the way, don't get it twisted, Stetson Bennett played well in the SEC championship game. He threw the pick six. Guess what? After that, he responded. He took his team right back down the field. They scored six points. They got a stop. They went right back down the field. Got a fourth, a fourth down in the red zone, zone turned the ball right. over, couldn't convert it. But, like, they kept living in Bama's red zone. They kept going down the field on them. So, I'm not going to overreact and say, oh, this is it, Stetson Bennett. Like, everybody was waiting for that moment this year to go. No doubt. Stetson Bennett's not the guy. And with every week, he kept responding and playing well. It's like, well, eventually. Well, eventually. <laughs> yeah, eventually it took Bama playing the game of the year to, to, to do it. So, I say all that to say, will the real Georgia team please stand up? the team that we saw 12-0, they can absolutely go into this game and hammer Michigan. Get the, get after Cade McNamara. Shut down the run. Uh, take advantage of, of Michigan's leaky secondary. Like, I think they can absolutely do that. Do I think they're going to do that? We'll see. I mean, I think uh-huh. if I had to bet right now, I'd say it's a close <laughs> game. But I could certainly talk myself into saying that Georgia gets back to playing how they played all year, dominates Michigan, and they're back in the title game. Certainly fits to the benefit of what Michigan wants to do, too. I mean, look, they want to run the football. Fits to George, right to Georgia's hands. Chris, dude, look, you've been fantastic. Tell everybody where they can catch all of your stuff. We need to continue to bring you back on. I haven't got to a lot of the comments, but bring Chris back on. You, Our thing is Rudy Crew, Rudy Pooh. Bring him back on, you Rudy Pooh. So tell everybody where they can catch all your stuff. We'll get you back on in. Uh, maybe before the playoff or after the holidays, but tell them where they can catch you. Yeah, just wherever you find your podcast, Locked on SEC, just search for it, or LockedOnSEC.com. Uh, great interview with Miles Brennan this week, uh, That if you missed that. And tomorrow's podcast, we're going to have an interview with Vanderbilt quarterback Ken Seals. I know you're like, Vanderbilt? No, he was actually really tremendous, so you definitely want to check that out. Ken Seals was, uh, was really, really good. I like him, and I was surprised that he didn't transfer, honestly, but we'll see. We'll see. It was funny. I asked him about celebrating after the Colorado State win. He goes, you know, I ran out there, and I'm going, what are we doing? We're celebrating, running on the field. He goes, dude, that was my first collegiate win. We went 0-10 <laughs> last year. He's like, I, was, I suddenly realized this is my first college win. Hell yeah, I'm going to celebrate. I was like, that's that's really cool. It is. And, and the adversity he's overcoming, is it makes him special, Chris. But thank you, my friend. We're going to bring you on again soon. Thank you so much. We'll talk We'll talk then. Sure thing, man. Anytime. That's Chris Gordy. Dude, guys, his his podcast and what he's doing on the Locked On SEC is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, but, look, we're going to continue to do that. Uh, I'm really thinking about making the show an hour, hour and a half, or an hour and a half, making it a little bit longer, bringing on more guests. Doesn't mean we can't do it. Just, you know. Is what it is. Uh, LSU's pouring it on now. 59-31. They're going to win it. All right. Whew. Exhausted. I got to go kiss my wife and and hug my babies. <laughs> Before we get out of here. All right. We'll get to Landon's comment. He says, hashtag ask Blake, what's the latest on the running back citizen ATN? Man, I can't get anything on ATN. I, 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 literally, I literally think uh, – 
I literally, th- I think Citizen's going to be in this class, but man, I can't get anything out of the ATNs. Like nothing. Like absolutely nothing. So we'll see. All right, guys, we will see you again tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have, I'm going to try to bring in three. We're going to try to go an hour and a half, maybe two hours tomorrow. We're going to try to bring in three guests. Let's make this thing happen. I'm just going to, we're going to, it's going to be a live show before the holidays. Until then, we'll see y'all soon. Have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.